What's good, sports fans? Christian Pedersen. Noah Laxina. What's up? It's Tommy. Please tell me that's how you answer your voicemail. Please tell me that's the answer to your voicemail. That would be amazing. Hi, you've reached hi, Tommy hi, Morris. Hi, 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 I'm hi, hi, not available enough. right now, but if you could leave your name and number, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Beep. Hey, Tommy. It's Christian and Noah. We're trying to do the Division Four playoff preview. If you could join us right now, that would be great. Oh, I should call that guy back. <laughs> Welcome to the Division 4 Playoff Show, where we have officially reached the point in the season where we are out of intros to podcasts. Don't know what that was. Well, also, we're doing like six of them today. So. I don't, well, yeah. Uh, if you guys really want some fun outtakes, uh, go back a couple years to when we were first doing these things, and we would film them late at night, and we have one where we broke David Ring, our baseball guy, and he just, he's like, call Moots! And we weren't talking any crony or anything like that. He just came in with a call moots. That but, took like three hours in it. Yeah. No, no. We, we used to be so weirdly raw at this show because we used to care about this being a polished and finished product. Now That's we just the sit- first time I've heard the song all the way through, by the way. I think. Deal. Can you identify that song? Uh, you, t- you already told me this Jonas Brothers song. I want to do the remix. It just sounds like it just sounds crazy. Yeah, well, it's done by a college marching band. Uh, it's not how they actually sound. Thank you very much for joining us for the Division Four. High school football playoff show. If you are wondering who is behind the mystery door to this episode, it is none other than... What is Adam Paul up to? <laughs> we're going to find out. Did we, did we even tell him we're calling? Yeah, vaguely. Perfect. He'll still know everything. He's yeah. Adam Paul. He's Adam Paul, man. What's he up to, though? Oh, he's got three. Yeah. How do you remember this? Remember this? Forgot. Cool. That was a quick answer. Yeah. Adam Paul? Here. What's going on, man? Not much. Just ex- kind of pretty excited for this week's first round. Dude, playoffs. Yes, playoffs. Yes, playoffs. Yeah, the third season. It's a. Uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting where everybody's gonna end up. We have called you though about the division four playoffs because there is a certain team named Santana that is on to the next round already, so we figured you'd be pretty vested in this one. You are a uh, Santana alumni, if I have that correct? Yeah. All right, so... Class of 99, yeah. (laughs) So Santana is on to the next round. Orange Glen is on to the next round. On the other side of the the bracket, we have Montgomery and Sarah, both with first-round buys. So if you have tuned in to listen to us talk about any of those four teams, that is all we will be talking about, those four teams. Adam Paul, though, is going to be joining us to talk about the rest of the bracket. You can find him at EC underscore preps underscore SD on Twitter, EC preps on Instagram. Adam is basically a fundamentally good person who uh, we drag down into the muck once a week to come have some fun with us talking about high school football and uh, making hot takery and all sorts of stuff like that. So... What do you say we get started? Our very first game is the number eight Escondido Cougars. Mm-hmm. Do I have that right? Yep. Cougars? Yep. Um, yep. Cougars. Taking on the number nine, as, as Tommy Moore's pantomimes a cougar, I believe, um, <laughs> uh, and or a cat at a scratching post. And he, uh, Escondido is going to take on number nine, Classical Academy. The winner of this one, keep in mind, plays Santana. So, Adam, I'm assuming that you have watched 100 hours of footage a day on both of these teams to help uh, mentally prepare yourself. What do you see in this first game? Well, it's interesting because Escondido, 
you know, they were scoring points early on. The last, unfortunately, you know, the last three games, they've only scored seven points a game, including to um, losing a 14 to seven decision to West Hills a couple weeks ago. Uh, in the game, I know, according to the computers, Classical Academy is favored by, by a field goal, 27-24. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think if the team that Escondido put on the field early on that was putting up the points, including losing a shootout to open the season against Hilltop, I, I, I think Escondido will win this game, um, can win this game, excuse me, um, just because the home field advantage. I mean, that's always worth a couple points. Um, in the spread, if there is such a thing, um, the eight nine, I know, you know, is always it's such usually just a complete toss up. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Give us a pick, I, then. I, I think Escondido is going to win. Okay. Okay. I, I do. I, I understand that the, the, the giving up of picks is a little bit putting people on the spot, but that's what the vi- the, the vibres of the playoffs is. Um, so I, I apologize if I'm having to pry you a little out of your comfort zone on this one, Adam. Oh no no no! I I I'm I don't mind picking games. All right. Um, I think Escondido's going to win, um, just because I think they're more a little more battle tested than than, the, than Classical Academy. Um, I know Escondido, you know, obviously coming off the 48 to seven loss to San Pasqual. Um but like I said, I think they uh, <clears throat> having that home field advantage is going to be a real big help to them. All right, Tommy Morris, let's hear what you got to say. I'm going to agree with you a little bit on the, the strength of schedule there. I want to mention Matt Malone from Escondido. He's their leading rusher. Um, classical, though, James Duncan has thrown for 2,086 passing yards a season, 24 touchdowns. He's also run for 506 yards and seven touchdowns. The majority of his passes have gone to Max Brown and Brennan Archibek. Those two have combined for 1,585 yards, receiving and 18 touchdowns. Classical, has looked impressive at times, but I'm going to go with Escondido. I have to agree with you that just the tougher schedule makes for a better playoff team. So I have to go with Esco. Noah Laxina. Um, I'm going to go with Escondido here. Um, I think it's going to be really close. I think these last few weeks, um, like teams like San Pasquale, Valley Center, you know, they've really given they've really given Classical Academy the blueprint. Um, I think when they watch on film, they're going to say, okay, this is how you stop them. This is how you slow this offense down. But I think having those two rough games, they're gonna those kids um over at Escondido are gonna wake up on Friday motivated. They know that, you know, this is their last chance and you know, if there's any right time to ride the ship, it's gonna be now. So I think Friday Escondido's gonna pull us off. I will go classical academy. I think that anybody that comes across Tyler Buckner winds up being a stronger and tougher team for it. And classical academy survived that. Next game we got is Patrick Henry, the five seed playing host to a number twelve seed Del Norte. Just to throw out some stats to kind of uh, set the table for this one. Patrick Henry, several points this season, scoring over 45. Del Norte has the toughest strength of schedule of anybody in this first round uh, that is going to be playing in terms of the regular season strength of schedule. So this one I have pegged as a, a most likely of any of the upsets to happen in the first round of this one is the number 12 seed uh, beating the number five seed in Del Norte over Patrick Henry. Adam Paul, EC Preps, hit us with your take. Uh, interestingly enough, um, I was kind of surprised when I was looking at the computers because um, I, I always like to see what the computers have to say. They actually have Henry favored by 
uh, by a score of 39 to 16. Um, I've seen Patrick Henry in person a couple times this year, including again in that crazy game against um, El Capitan where they scored like 87 points combined both teams in that first half. Um, I think Patrick Henry um, is going to actually win this game just because Del Norte is coming off that loss to Mount Miguel. Um, and, and Henry has played a team um, that's kind of like Mount Miguel, but a little more uh, in the run, um, better in the run game than Monta Vista, who they beat earlier this year, um, early on in the season. Um, I really like Matthew Castillo, the quarterback for Henry. He throws really well. Obviously, it's over 3,000 yards um, passing with almost 40 touchdowns. Um, their run game, when they get it going, is pretty good, led by Elijah Leck. And, of course, the always athletic um, Kai Jesse, um, the top receiver for the Patriots. Um, he has uh, 53 catches on the season. I, I just think, you know, I mean, obviously, Henry – you know, they don't play defense much. Um, they can't, they can when they want to, but um, for the most part, they rely more on their offense to win them the game. And that's one of the reasons why I think Henry's going to pull this out. No, Alexian, what do you got? You know, I got Patrick Henry. I think regardless of your strength of schedule, it's hard to be a high seed when you're two and eight. And I think, um, you know, Patrick Henry, um, even though they didn't have as hard of a schedule, being 500, going in the playoffs, you know, they have a chance. You go When you're 5-5, five five, you go through some ups, you go through some downs. Um, I just think that, you know, in this in this game, that they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. Uh, they consist all year, wins or loss. Patrick Henry's been able to put up some points, get the offense going. And I think their defense will hang in there, play tough because of the teams that they've played all season. And I think... Um, on Friday, they're going to get Del Norte. Tommy? Um, sorry about that. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. This will be a very close game. I, I just want to mention a little bit more about Elijah Lux. He's only a sophomore, has ran for 745 yards and 11 touchdowns on seven yards of carry. Very good running back who maybe gets overlooked a little bit because Matthew Castillo has been so good. But this is a kid that in the next two years is probably going to be the go-to guy because, again, he's only a sophomore. I think Henry wins this by a touchdown. Other side of the bracket, we got number 11, Tri-City Christian, taking on number 6, La Jolla Country Day. I want to see what E.J. Kreutzman can do in a, in a compact season of, of you know one week at a time. Just really cut this kid loose, let him scramble around, and uh, throw the dang ball, because uh, that's what they do. So I have La Jolla Country Day winning this one. Noah Laxina. Um, I'm going to go La Jolla Country Day. They have a really good record, 7-3, and 3-1 three, three and in the league. So, you know, they're, they're getting hot their lights at the right time. I know they lost to Francis Parker. 58 to 50 but it was a nail biter they put up a lot of points and you know when you lose a game like that a very close game you know you really look at yourself in the mirror and say what do i got to do uh tri-city christian um i think you know they're they had a good season but you know they're not doing too they didn't do too well to close out the season and it's really hard to get back on track late in the year and i just think that uh la Jolla country day is going to catch them at the good time tommy morris Lloyd can today 45 points per game, and the kid wears number one just like uh, Braxton Burmeister did, EJ Kreutzman. So if you squint hard enough, you might think it's him a little bit because he's averaging 380 yards and four touchdowns a game. He also has uh, 380 rushing yards, or average, excuse me, averages 38 rushing yards and a touchdown rushing per game. So this kid is a yards machine. I think Country Day puts up a bunch of points like they always do. 
And I think they win by about two or three touchdowns, and it'll be a very interesting game in the next round against Montgomery. Adam Paul. I think Country Day is going to win this game pretty big, too. Um, <laughs> I was reading up on that game against um, Francis Parker, like you said, Noah, a 58 to 50. In that game, Kreutzman threw for 403 yards and six touchdowns. You don't normally lose a game when you when you put up those kind of numbers. Um, I, I, I just think that Ohio Country Day, you know, they remember last year in their first round against Santana, they, they scored over 50 points. Um, in that crazy game um, that they lost. Um, I, I really honestly think that Ohio Country Day is going to put up big points. And like Tommy said, I think they're going to win by by at least three or four touchdowns. Our final game of the schedule is Coronado featuring a young Tommy Morris as head coach and number seven, Mount Miguel, featuring Jaheim Allen Pompey, who is one of the best wide receivers potentially in the history of the San Diego CIF section. I will say this. Coronado is a back-in-the-hunt type team. Um, Never played Mount Miguel in any sort of passing league or anything like that, so they are fresh news. This one is exciting. This is a rumble right here, and I see Coronado edging this one out on on ball possession and defense and uh tommy's looking at me like i'm crazy so tommy aka the old looking coach hines uh we will go over to you uh, for for what you got on this game according to a website that has statistics on it that i will not name alan pompey led the country in receiving yards Mm -hmm. i believe at that point you can just go ahead and he said he led the universe yeah and then he also had an unreal game last week to, to get to that mark. He had 17 receptions for 268 yards and four touchdowns last week to secure that title of most yards in the country. I think this is going to be a lot of points. Matt Miguel, I think Coronado is going to hang tough like they always do, but I think Matt Miguel's got this one. I also have a sneaking suspicion that as we go over to Noah Laxina right now, he's about to tell us something about how he could have been a better wide receiver than, than this kid. He probably, if, yeah. If I mean, Noah, Noah had just committed to it and not played both running back and linebacker and been the defensive coordinator and been the ASB advisor and been the mascot and been taking the tickets and been doing everything else. Yeah. Okay. So Noah, your thoughts on this game? Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously he's a great receiver, but you have to have a quarterback to throw you the ball. And I just think uh, Jacob Laverdeer, you know, he's had a great season as well. Um, even la- last week, he went, went for 365 yards, 74 po- uh, 74% completion percentage, and he scored a touchdown against Del Norte. So he's 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 um, he's on a good note right now. And I think being able to throw the ball at a high level in the playoffs and being able to take care of the ball in the playoffs is going to be key for them. And I think Mount Miguel is going to do that. I think they're going to be a little bit more physical than Coronado. Coronado might throw a good first punch in the beginning, but I think as the game goes on, Mount Miguel is going to uh, be a little bit too tough. Adam Paul, give us your thoughts on this final matchup in the Division Four CIF San Diego section playoffs. Well, interestingly enough, these two teams actually met in the 2011 playoffs in the D- Division Four. Mount Miguel was the number one seed, and Coronado was the lower seed. And Coronado went on to thump Mount Miguel that year in a surprise upset. Um, I-, I think this one's going to be interesting because you know, obviously, you said the, you know Jaheim Allen Pompey pretty much tied broken set all kinds of San Diego section CIF records and California state records. Um, his quarterback, you know, oh, Laverdier, you know, he's thrown for almost 4,000 yards. Uh, what's going to be the thing for Mount Miguel is they're going to have to get on to a quick start. 
looking at all their games, they don't really score very many points in the first half. They're more of a second-half team, interestingly enough, where they average almost 30 points in the um, second half. Um, Coronado, if I'm Coronado and Coach Hines, I look at that. I look at the Santana Mount Miguel game, the, la- the last game that they played um, this year, when they when even though Pompey put up some numbers, he was actually held scoreless um, um, for that game in which Santana won by a wide margin. Um, so I'd look at that game to kind of give give myself some bl- a blueprint to possibly uh, win that game. But in the end, I think Mount Miguel is going to win. I think it's going to be somewhat close, probably by a 7- to 10-point margin. Adam Paul, you can find him at EC underscore preps underscore SD on Twitter, EC preps on Instagram. Thank you very much for joining us, Adam, and we will hopefully get a chance to talk with you through the recap show and all into the other rounds of the playoffs. Adam is a great source to follow on social media for insight and coverage into the East County, including tons. He's basically the hub of tweets coming and going for any scores and or highlights on a Friday night. So go give him a follow. Adam, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you later this week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Always a good segment when we find out what Adam Paul is up to. I did not know that about the 2011 playoffs when, right. when they uh, when they met up. I um, wonder if Coach Hines was even out here on the West Coast yet. No, it wasn't. Um, I, wait, when did he? Because he came here. I want to say like five years ago. I don't know. If he, he swam over here, he probably ran here. <laughs> marathon style, Forrest Gump style. No, no. I'm very curious. <laughs> Um, yeah, what what else you? No, he swam. How do you? He swam. So you you have Coach Hollins. Oh, he swam east. Yes, yeah. he swam swimming east. all the way th- across because the Atlantic. He's a beast. Now, okay, do you have Coach Hines going up? No, around through, the Cape. <laughs> like, no, okay, so you have him going down around so you know, through around the Panama Cape. Canal. Yeah. 